wondering if we can buy a billboard really close to the office that says hashtag free big z you think we could get a gofundme going to... uh, i started a nationally trending uh, hashtag this week so you know i got that going for me uh winging gabriel known uh for showing uh his insane athletic ability multiple times uh, on the court uh, and off you think oh my gosh i caught a break they're they're leaving the floor now you're a meme on twitter because reed shepherd just dunked on you what is up, Big Blue Nation? Matt Sack, BBN here, joined by my three Twitter best friends, minus Buddy. 25.1% of our podcast is missing tonight because he doesn't read the group chat. Or we might have some theories as to why Buddy might actually might not be here tonight coming soon. But with me are joined Wildcat's Tongue and 270 Bradley Smith, and we are up to no good. WT. What is the craziest theory that you have as to why Buddy is not here right now? I think that he is um, at Twitter headquarters, or sorry, formerly Twitter, now X headquarters. Um, getting he's getting mad at he's in a meeting with Elon Musk uh, because they keep doing these bot purges, so he keeps losing a ton of followers. Uh, so I think he's there trying to get his followers back. incredible i actually believe that bradley do you believe that or do you have an even crazier theory i actually i don't know if it's crazier it could actually even be more believable um my sources tell me that buddy is actually out on the road recruiting uh for the la familia tbt team and he uh sources confirm he is in the pittsburgh area uh, picking up Isaac D. Gregorio uh, for that. So, uh, Kentucky so, basketball confirmed former player. That is true. Uh, sources tell me he will be on a flight to New Zealand for Ty Winyard uh, next week. Uh, so be on the lookout <laughs> for that. I think there are several reasons why Ty Winyard would not be allowed with in the confines of the state of Kentucky. This is a lumberjack competition, right? Or oh, on an yeah, airplane. Yeah, yeah. People forget his dad is a lumberjack. <laughs> I couldn't and his mom, both parents. I never knew that. Wow. Is that, a, is that an actual thing? Yeah. His Sad. parents met, Man. I think, at a lumberjack competition. They were both competitive <laughs> lumberjacks. And he, a six foot nine, uh, zero inch vertical guy, was born out of that. <laughs> wow. Well, what a happy union. That is a, a second thing that I now know about Ty Winyard. But um, uh, WT, I've been meaning to ask you, uh, we didn't have time last podcast because we had a million other things to talk about, obviously. Uh, what did you think of the Super Bowl halftime performance? And I, I want to ask I, you I, specifically. I need your very deep thoughts on this. Is it for me? Yes, you are WT. Okay. You are the Wildcats' yes. tongue. I was very, I'm not a big Usher fan. So like, I didn't really have any like interest going into it. So it wasn't that I was bored. It's just, it wasn't for me. And then he got on roller skates and then I was entertained. That's what really did it for me was just, I'd never seen that. Uh, like every, uh, Super Bowl halftime show tries to do something unique. And usually it's just like, okay, that's kind of cringe. 
but the roller skates actually kind of did it for me. It was pretty cool. So, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. Bradley, do you like roller really... skating? So funny story. Uh, I actually used to work at a roller skating rink, uh, from the time that I was eight until 11 and I cleaned the skates and, you know, picked up, seems picked up trash. <laughs> Uh, it was very much an under the table kind of deal. Uh, but my granddad was best friends with the owners or with the owner. Uh, so if you, uh, are familiar with the Murray, Kentucky area and were there from, uh, 2007 to about 2011 to 12 ish, uh, you probably saw old Bradley out there. Uh, with a big old jug of acetone and a sponge just scrubbing some wheels of skates uh, up there at Circus Skate. Uh, but I I uh, was a fan of that. Uh, that was that was nice. The, the roller skating was fun. Uh, I actually had an argument with my wife about uh, one particular aspect of the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, the young lady playing the guitar her uh yeah her uh my wife tried to tell me that that was northwest and i said there is no possible way that that is northwest northwest is literally a child you mean like kanye uh, and Ken's yeah child? yeah yeah that, that northwest as if there was another Northwest in the world, Zach. <laughs> I thought you were referring to a direction this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, she thought, I didn't know who the person was, so I couldn't say, no, it's not Northwest, it's this person. Uh, I just knew that it was not Northwest. Can you so, imagine just someone not knowing either of those people, just like maybe learn, like just learning English for the first time? And is hearing this conversation out of context. Who is that? That's her. No, that's Northwest. No, <laughs> she, that person, that's her. Who is her? Northwest? <laughs> Little uh, who's on third action, but that's fun. That's fun. What's oh, also my, fun. One is, second, uh, Zach. Oh, go ahead. Let, me, let me interrupt you. Please do. Uh, my wife overheard me saying that. Um, and she has not assaulted me. But she said, TikTok told me that, and I believe them. Uh, not Still not sure that's a good excuse, though, to be honest. I need to say that quieter or else she'll hear me. Help me. I hope you were in uh, enough good graces following uh, Valentine's Day yesterday, Bradley. Hopefully you're not in too much trouble. But as I was going to say, really, really fun um, week for the cats after a very, very... Uh, depressing and devastating week last week we get back on track with a w um first time that we were fully healthy lasted a whole 24 minutes but nonetheless we saw a fully healthy team and i would say it was our most complete victory of the year um most especially on the defensive end what a weird game though and not that i disagree with anyone complaining about lineups because i'm like I don't know what that starting lineup was either. <laughs> like all this talk about Trey at the five, Adu at the four, like let's go. Like maybe even Reed or Rob will start. And you know, it's like Justin at the three and Ugo at the five. And it's like, well, I don't agree with that. But then Ugo sets the Kentucky record for most blocks inside of like Rupp Arena. 
and we're so worried about slow starts, Justin Edwards goes out and scores our first seven points for our team. Um, so, yeah, I kind of pretty much just hit every narrative from the game. Justin Edwards, Uganda Onyenzo, the defense, the lineups. What else is there to talk about? I think we could probably just log off right now. But what do you all have to think about the game? I actually didn't get a chance to watch it live. Uh, the first half I followed on the ESPN app. Um, I was at a uh, Valentine's Day party uh, with a group of friends of mine. Um, and then uh, the second half I listened to good old Tom Leach. Um, and from that, I think we played pretty well. I've since gone back and watched it. Um, I really think it was like, – the defense was obviously much improved. Um, the offense wasn't great, but even it with the offense, I saw some really, really good X's and O's. Um, there we were playing some really good concepts on the offensive end uh, that I think in the long run will really pay off. Um, so kudos to the coaching staff there. Uh, I, I just think it was a good needed win. This is the type of win that we shouldn't have much to talk about. Yes, Mississippi, Ole Miss is, is pretty good. But they're not great. They're coming to Rep Arena. They should lose. And they did. And we won. It was great. WT, what if I told you that Calipari, being the ultimate troll that he is, ran that lob play from the end of the Gonzaga game? Would you believe me if I told you that? I would not have been surprised if you said he ran that play the first five possessions. Off <laughs> Just every, every possession. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I did get to eventually see that uh, he got like fouled and got to the free throw yeah. line, right? Yeah. We, we've run that play throughout the season. Gonzaga wasn't the first time we've run it. So... <laughs> I just, uh, you know, that just was, it's just such a troll move, and I love so it. Fun. I love it. No, that oh, was man, that was. So I just as soon as I watched it, I was like, that was the same exact play against Gonzaga, wasn't it? <laughs> and it was also like a late game play. You know, like it came out of the timeout, they drew it up, and it was just like that. That's just funny. That's just funny. Cal had to get his little because didn't like he like in the post game like he had a little little Shannon Dawson moment where he's like well if the play worked you guys would be praising it but it didn't so it's like all right yeah. um but yeah really good game uh where do you guys want to start Ugana Justin what stood out to you all the most uh Ugo I, let's do Ugo yeah Ugo broke a record or at least tied a record we should talk about him can we talk about how Bradley predicted a record um from a center but he had Zvonimir Visic getting 29 rebounds um it was actually Ugana and Yenzo getting 10 blocks and I think like three of them he was flat-footed for um <laughs> it, it's kind of it, it's really crazy uh we go back a couple of games and it's like man like Ugo it's just he doesn't have it like he's getting bullied in the paint against Gonzaga he doesn't give you much on the offensive end Cal says we're cutting the rotation it looks like we're going to start Trey and play small ball I don't know how Ugo's going to get his minutes. Well, you give him another chance, and again, he sets the Rupp Arena record for most blocks in a game by a Kentucky player. He it, it was a really good performance. I, uh, it's just I don't know how he does it. He, it's not like yes, he's obviously really tall, but it's not like he has a taller standing reach than our other two seven footers. What is it about Ugo that just makes him so naturally good at getting these blocks? He's long. 
Well, yeah, but so is Aaron Bradshaw and Zvonimir, but they're not getting 10 blocks a game. He's he does longer. He does have an instinct. There is a shot blocker instinct. I mean, he Bradley said it from the start, and even I was like, all right, that's a little bit of a stretch, but like I kind of see where you're coming from. He, he's got a little Nerlens to him. Like, like when you know how to time blocks and you know how to like bait defenders and do it without fouling, I think Ugo did foul a little bit, but I mean, still like 10 blocks to four fouls, I think he had is a great ratio. It it is an instinct thing. Uh it I'm comparing him to Nerlens, and that's literally like the greatest shot block performance. Also against Ole Miss, kind of kind of funny parallel there. But he he definitely does have a little bit that to his game. I would love a, a junior Ugo so much. I seriously think he could be a Willie Cauley Stein. I mean, you think about Willie, it was like very, very, very inconsistent freshman year, uh, but you saw some talent sophomore year he was a defensive monster but he didn't really put it together on the offensive end junior year he puts it all together and is a first team all-american i would put him more towards nick richards boo because willie Colley stein first team all-american get on board yeah willie Colley stein was also the sixth pick in the in the nba draft i don't Oop. see ugo getting there boo. but i can see him being nick richards Pretty bad argument. I, I could see that reliable. Uh, I could see that reality. Bad argument. Ugo would be the sixth pick in the 2015 draft, too. He'd be the number one pick in the 85 draft. Boo. That is fair. Boo. Bad argument. You think he would get drafted over Patrick Ewing? Well, I just meant, you know, and, and I just picked 85. That was a random. A very year. bad example. Okay, 86. Who was in the 86 draft? I don't know anyone notable from the 86 draft. (laughs) All right. Was that Carl Malone? Or Josh Giddy? Um, let's see. 1986 NBA draft. First one was Brad Darty. Okay, yeah. Ugo's better. Ugo clears. (laughs) Lynn Lynn Bias. R.I.P. And there's our rough to no good out of context moment for the day. Hey, Kenny Walker went five in that draft. So do you think Ugo goes before Kenny Skywalker? In 1986, yes. <laughs> they would look at a game where Ugo had 13 points, 16 rebounds, and eight blocks and think he was a wizard. <laughs> uh, no, Kenny Walker actually went to the Knicks, not the Wizards. I don't think the Wizards were a franchise back then. <laughs> no, they were the Bullets. Uh, yeah. But because of gun violence, uh, they changed the Wizards. <laughs> Where so uh Kentucky basketball. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, Ugo people at me whenever I said people laughed. I still remember that. And guess what? <laughs> He's doing things that only Nerlens has done. I'm taking victory laps. No, you should. That was an A plus thing. You have um just for the record, have had some very, very, very bad player comps. It doesn't matter that I call Dante Allen Tracy McGrady. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you can't talk, Zach, Mr. I did not compare Devin Askew to Devin Askew. I never compared them. We have the receipts. We have the receipts. It's going in out of context. It's going in out of context. (laughs) I showed that they had similar freshman numbers, and we could anticipate similar sophomore growths which i was wrong on i never said they were the same player 
you know what saying they're similar means? It means comparing them. Their stats, <laughs> not them as players. <laughs> All right. Okay. Whatever. Uh, it counts. I think Dante Allen to Tracy McGrady is a worse comp. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, to be fair, I did say that was ceiling. <laughs> and also, to be fair, I did put out stats literally less than a year ago comparing Ugan Onyenzo to Anthony Davis. So there is that. You also put if out you know stats how to about miss- his block rates, and that made its rounds on Twitter. It seemed like everyone had an original uh original tweet on uh you got on Yenzo's yeah, block rate. I saw like eight crazy. people had it. I w- I wonder who looked up his block percentage first, like literally two months ago. <laughs> but, See, no, I saw fine, Kyle Tucker tweeted it, but does he still have you blocked? Uh yeah. Oh, he tweeted that? I would not have known. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure Kyle Tucker did. I would have to look back. Uh, but yeah, he obviously didn't steal it from you unless he looks at the posts from people that he's blocked, but that'd be kind of weird, but I wouldn't judge Kyle. Take me back, Kyle. But this goes, this goes into the discussion of, all right, we got our whole team back. We get to go small ball. Well, the one center on our team that we can go small ball with um, does not make it one whole game of being healthy. So he might be out a couple weeks. I don't think he's going to be out the whole season. I don't think he's going to be back next game. I unfortunately think it's going to be somewhere in that very large gray area, which, uh, Kentucky basketball fans just love so much, especially with John Calipari as their coach. But until then, it seemed like we kind of got to shorten the rotation to eight plus maybe some Aaron if we wanted. Now it almost feels like we kind of have to go back to our seven. And then that eighth spot is going to almost have to be like by committee. Like you're going to need some Zvonimir. You're going to need some Aaron. You might even need some Jordan Burks. All of a sudden the rotation's not so short again and it's expanding. And I think that's one of the, the worst things about Trey getting hurt. Obviously, you want Trey on the court. You love the impact that he has, but you still cannot get down to your core seven, eight players because one of the biggest pieces is not there. So now you're going to have to fill him in by committee with a bunch of more inconsistent players coming off the bench. Well, I mean, Trey, as of late, even when healthy, has not been the most consistent man himself. Uh, he's had some pretty... Uh, pretty bad clunkers as of late not saying that i don't want him like obviously give me like 38 minutes of trey in the lineup um but in his absence jordan burks had his best game of the season uh justin edwards played a little bit of four and had a really good game um big z is still shooting like 70 percent from three on the season um so i could see potential replacements i do worry about it um i think for Auburn specifically, their big men are a little scary. If they go off, Auburn will win. Like it, it's going to be tough to stop them if their big men play well at all. So I know they have Janai Broom. Who else do they have? Jalen Williams. They've still is Jalen Williams still there? Yeah, they different, went like nine Jaylen for twelve. From, yeah, they went nine for twelve from three, just between those two against South Carolina. Do you know who else is who else is still there for like the 80th year in a row? Still just being uh, mid. Bruce Pearl. Oh well, <laughs> no, Katie oh, like Johnson actually is along with Bruce Pearl. Also, Alan Flanagan still in college basketball. That kind of surprised. Like when I saw him on the Ole Miss roster, I was like, "There's no way. There's no way." I also say that like 
not like like we literally have Trey Mitchell. Like he's been in college basketball for five years and been on four different teams. Like other people have to be like, there's zero shot this dude's still playing. But he's like, been at you know, UMass and West Virginia, not places that anyone cares about. I was looking back at transfer rankings uh, from a few years ago just to see what Oscar was ranked, and I saw Trey Mitchell when he was leaving UMass, like ranked ahead of Oscar. Like that's where we are in like the Trey Mitchell saga. Like that was three teams ago. <laughs> that's crazy. Hey, you know who is still in college basketball? That Flanagan and uh, uh, Trey Mitchell can't hold a candle to. Jamal Baker. Jamal Baker. Hey! Jamal Baker is the Iron Man of college basketball. Give him all of the eligibility he wants. He is the first player ever to have an NIL deal with AARP. He was he was recruited in 2017 with Shea Gilgis Alexander. I graduated high school in 2017. I'm I'm married. I am gainfully employed. I file taxes. <laughs> I own a business. <laughs> And Jamal Baker is still putting up six points a game at New Jamal Mexico. Ba- <laughs> Jamal Baker lives in a dorm. <laughs> He's the same age as you. I, I own a house. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. That Poor is... Jamal Baker. And Buddy's missing out on a great episode so far. What a shame. Or... Is it good for Buddy? He gets to listen to this tomorrow for the I, first time, well, and not have we any did spoilers. start off. We did start off the show by like making fun of him. All three of us taking turns making fun of him. But I no, didn't take a turn at fine. making fun of him. I I didn't put I didn't give him any rumors. You set up us to make fun of him, hey, which I think I is, makes on, you culpable. I sent him on vacation. That was a, a nice rumor. Oh my. You see, Kaylin Clark has 49, 13, and 5 tonight. She is absurd. Wait, she, I, I stopped paying attention when she broke the record. She has 49 and 13 assists. Can, wow. okay. It, it, does she have a year of eligibility that Calipari can go after her? I don't think she that, would want to come here. Why? She, she would drop Because she gets to put up 50 points a game playing for Iowa. Dude, she would go, like, that is crazy. Uh, there's it, someone in my replies. I, I tweeted out after she broke the record. It's like some dude just said, like, put me in women's college basketball and I could break the record tomorrow. It's like, brother, no, you can't. Did <laughs> you see is... the shot she hit to break the record? Like, yes. it was a 40-foot, like, sidestep pull-up jumper four seconds into the shot clock. Like, you're not hitting that in your driveway. And she just casually drains it that's all she does all game maybe like the record itself like if you feel if you really feel like you could put up that points you cannot do it the way she does it she literally just goes full Steph Curry mode every single game um but could you imagine her and Travis Perry and maybe even like a sophomore Reed Shepard or sophomore Joey Hart all in the same backcourt that'd be one they they would play the game the right way is all I'd have to say it's perfection you picked some really interesting names there, Zach. I don't know if you did that on purpose. <laughs> really high IQ. You know when I throw in Joey Hart, I am being very intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to the game. Um, Justin Edwards, very good game. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. All the people that are like saying like Reed has to start over him, fine. But like he scored our first seven points. 
I love the aggression that he came out with. I don't know if he meant to bank in that first shot, but after he did, I'm glad he kept the hot hand going, attacking the hoop, getting and ones. Um, and it translated to the defensive end. And that I just really love to see. Super proud of Justin Edwards. This is maybe, what, the third or fourth game in a row where we've seen him where he's taken positive steps forward. There's no reason to think that he won't keep doing it. It looks like he's in the best physical shape of his life. He's playing harder than he ever did. Uh, I think Jack or Sean, someone on sources say, like said that like they saw him sweating for like the very first time while playing. And I'm like, I didn't even notice that until you said that. But yeah, kind of funny. Um, but I'm glad he's putting it all together. Um, like, what if he, again, I don't think he's going to be the first overall pick. I don't think he'll be the player that we all expected. What if he just still turns out to be really good? Like, we think we've seen this team's peak, or we know we haven't seen this team's peak. They're struggling way too much. We think we understand who this team's best players are and what what we understand to be the peak. What if you just put in, like, a 6'8 wing who is all of a sudden our new best defender, a very good rebounder, and just as skilled of a guard as some of our other, like, five-star guards? Like, what if we just threw that in there and that we had no idea that we had that a couple weeks ago – even we, the more positive fans, were already writing him out of the rotation. That'd be just an absurd development in the middle of February that can only make us better. I'm glad that he didn't give up on himself. I'm glad that he keep fighting. I'm glad that we have a Hall of Fame basketball coach that also didn't give up on him either. When everyone wanted him, like, literally kicked out of Lexington and Cal kept pushing for it, and now we're seeing a breakthrough at the perfect moment. Love it. Shout out Justin Edwards. Justin's been playing really well and it's not like we're not gonna throw a parade uh, we're not gonna throw a parade for someone who drops like 13 points uh or anything like that uh but it is really uh cool to see him uh do what he's doing and you know he's seen some of this stuff like we actually know for a fact he's seen some of the stuff that fans have been putting out uh because if you're a, a fan of tiktok he has commented on people who have been like hateful towards him um like negative thing like he's been like hey why you got to say that, that kind of stuff um he put on tiktok I, I was trying to find it but i can't find i can't find the exact thing so i'm posted his highlights and he said thank you all for believing in me for real like that that shows like it matters to these kids like he uh he was it like if i'm him i'm in a dark place you come into kentucky and it's not just that you immediately start performing bad. We go to Canada, and he's our best freshman. And he's like, oh, this guy might actually be who he's billed to be. And then the season starts, and he's playing okay. He drops 17 in an early game. And you think, okay, he's he's looking pretty good. He's getting used to it. And then he just never really crossed the threshold. Like, if I'm him, <laughs> I don't know what's going through my head. The fact that he has the mental toughness to get through that, keep improving, and get to the point where he can be a positive contribution to this team is really good. And at that point, the sky's the limit. If he can keep on this trajectory, like you were saying, who knows what this team can turn into. Yeah. There at the Vandy game, I walked out with sack. And uh, just before we got to the bathroom, uh, Justin Edwards was there with his family and sack uh, interrupted uh, Justin's time with his family and said, good game, Justin, and he seemed to appreciate it. It was more than just a you know dismissive thank you. It seemed like he appreciated that. And so it's good to see him 
Trey in a couple really good games uh, together. So I, I think we can uh, really, really get something from him. Yeah, I did interrupt him when he was talking to his family, <laughs> but never forget that we all opted not to interrupt Antonio Reeves after the Arkansas win because he was trying to flirt it up with some girl after. Like, we're all, all uh, six of us. I know, Bradley, you weren't there, but we were all on the court after the Arkansas win last year after he dropped 37. Uh, we got to meet Oscar. We tried calling Lance. I don't think Lance answered. Um, And then what happened? And then we see Antonio Reeves comes out, and it's like, yay, we get to see the guy <laughs> who just dropped 37. And then he just starts talking with some girl, and we're like, yeah. We'll let him go. He dropped 37. He deserves his moment. Yeah, that, that was really fun. Uh, that whole experience, obviously, we talked about it a ton. Um, but, yeah, seeing players after games really just turns them back into, like, genuine just college students. Um, like I always say for the radio show after the game uh, in Rep Arena, and just watching Reed Shepard walk out and just say hi to his parents and just talk to them, it's just like, that's just a kid. It's it's crazy. So like the support these kids. Like if you want to get mad at Cal for stuff, be my guest. Fine, but like support the kids. They deserve it. It's always funny too, because uh, it seems like Cal knows whenever guys come out because he'll be <laughs> yeah. in the radio show and he'll be like, "Uh, Trey did pretty good, but he did this, 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 and this wrong." And Trey's just in the background, like you know what. So, you know, if you go to a game at Rupp, I would encourage you to stay for the the radio show and just watch for stuff like that because it's hilarious. So I liked uh, a little bit what I saw out of Aaron, uh, especially after Trey went out. I thought he showed some nice things. My big thing with Aaron, and I want to see this over the next couple of games, is like what does a good Aaron Bradshaw game look like? like I think his best moment, um, end of the Florida game. Like, he hits a three, he gets a block shot, he wins us a game. But, like, consistently, play-by-play, play, what is good Aaron Brett? Like, what what is his role? I think with Justin Edwards, like, we know what we want from him. We want good defense, we want him attacking the hoop, we want rebounds, and just, like, if he knocks down some shots, fine, but we're mostly looking for him to play defense and attack the hoop. And now that he's figuring out that role, it seems like he's starting to figure it out and he's getting some, we're getting positive production out of him. I still don't know, like, what does good Aaron, like, what do we want out of Aaron? Because I think he's a little bit limited as a rim protector. Um, Obviously, you expect your centers to rebound, but he's not going to be an elite rebounder. What is his go-to offense? I think he kind of likes that pick and pop, but, like, are you drawing up catch-and-shoot 18-footers for Aaron Bradshaw? Like, is that what, what you want out of him? What do you guys see? Because I think we will see minutes um, between him and Avisic growing as, as Trey's out for the next couple weeks, I suspect. I'd probably guess four-ish games is what Trey uh, misses. What do you think Aaron and Zvonimir's role looks like? Because I know Zvonimir, um, I think it was the Vandy game, Cal's like, I kind of want to use him almost like Trey Mitchell, passing at the top of the key, using kind of like that skill at that five spot. But how do you think they get used uh, with Trey out? I mean, it's it's really all about versatility for those guys. You know, they, they've got to be willing to come in and do whatever's needed. And what's unique about those two guys, and we all had trouble trying to come up with comps for those guys because they can do a little bit of everything. You know, Bradshaw might not be as good of a passer, but you know, he's still a, a decent passer for, you know, someone his size. And, 
really we just need them to be versatile, uh, to to move, to to not have stuff be stagnant. You know, we don't need them to be tree down in Corbin. We need them to be moving around and and energetic and be part of the offense and the defense. I really think that Aaron just needs to rebound. That like we can talk about all the stuff we really want him to do. If he just rebounds, I'm happy. If he score, if his stat line at the end of the game is zero point zero field goal attempts, zero free throw attempts, and six rebounds, I am happy. Bradley, did you uh, did you see that your boy Penny Fraudaway is about to lose to North Texas right now? <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Who's a bigger joke? Penny Hardaway or Jerry Stackhouse? I want to say this on the about I wanted I to say to this exact question. I wanted to say this on the last episode to Buddy, but um he interrupted me before I could say it. He talked about say yeah, about how he said good game stack and how Stackhouse just ignored him. Uh because that's just a lie, you know. <laughs> neither neither of them can coach. Uh, they they're both frauds, uh, and I'm dancing on their graves. Uh, whenever Stackhouse gets fired this year, uh, and whenever Hardaway, uh, you know, does whatever he's gonna do, uh, I'm it's hilarious. I'm taking victory laps. Uh, this is for James Wiseman. Uh, this is for Musa Cisse. Uh, this is for uh, David Jones. Uh, who else did Memphis take from us? It seems like there was somebody else that they took from us. It was mostly Wiseman, only for him to get um, like, suspended three yeah. games into the season. Uh, for Stackhouse, uh, this is for holding oh, Scotty Pippen they take, hostage. Didn't they take that one guy that's at Miss State right now? He literally flipped. Uh, DJ Jeffries. Uh, Not that I wanted him, but. Uh, people forget he dunked on me one time at LA Fitness. People forget that, Bradley. <laughs> but uh, yeah, kind of. They took DJ Jeffries. Uh, this is for uh, Stack uh, holding uh, Scottie Pippen Jr. hostage. Uh, this is for Semi Chateau. Uh, people forget that that guy exists. Uh, was he? Was Stack even the coach whenever he was around? I don't remember. No clue. Uh, this one is uh, going to hit even harder whenever. Ezra Monjone hops in the portal and is a Kentucky Wildcat. I will be dancing on your grave again, Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, and by the way, your best player last year transferred to Belmont, and he's going to be conference player of the year. Uh, so suck it, Stackhouse. <laughs> Imagine transferring to a school in the same city. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy's from Murfreesboro. So oh, okay. it's like... <laughs> You know the one other player, or I guess just person that Vanderbilt took? Um, Brad. They took Brad. They took Brad. That was that has to be the loudest ovation that an opposing fan base has ever given a Vandy assistant coach. <laughs> that was that was electric. What do you think of Cal giving him a kiss one game after Aaron Bradshaw kissed a Tennessee player? I love it. More televised kisses. 
I think we should do more kissing every game as well. I and you had Jay Billis. Why not? You had Jay Billis making out with the ice cream. So is that three kisses in a row now? Why does he no, eat ice cream like that? You don't have to do that, especially because they put him on the snack words cam. You know the snack words cam. <laughs> yeah, they I do love it every that. time. <laughs> it's just so like he has to know. He has to know. Was it? I I was love it, it but George? I never feel comfortable eating at Rupp. Was it George <laughs> that did like ASMR, like ten hour ASMR of Jay Billis eating an ice cream? He put that into a meme. I don't know if y'all <laughs> saw that. That was so funny. <laughs> We're going to have to find that because I want to see that. I don't remember yeah, that. I don't remember that, seeing that at all, but I That's going to be what I play to go to sleep. 10 hours of Jay Billis ASMR ice cream. <laughs> Does it have volume to it? Like, what are you going to be sleeping to? I'm, Just I'm the noise of him eating ice cream? <laughs> I yes. was in a place, I saw it, and I was in a place where I could not turn the volume up. Um, so I'm going to go confirm as we speak the, uh, contents of this meme. Uh, speaking of snack, you all talk about something else. Speaking of snack words, Cam, uh, I eat my Chick-fil-A sandwich in the concourse (laughs) because I'm afraid I'm going to show up on the snack words, Cam. Uh, but I, I think it would be kind of funny. Uh, while we're on the topic of promotions, I never brought this up on the podcast, and I said I was going to. Uh, I went to a Murray State game uh, when they were playing Indiana State. Uh, shout out Robbie Avila. Uh, shout out Murray State. They're on a little bit of a winning streak here, so uh, uh, don't don't count off the racers. Uh, but anyway, I was Murray approached. Murray State racers. Racers. Uh, by the way, people couldn't believe that you didn't know that sack. You embarrass and ashamed us. Um, they didn't know what the Murray State Racers. I know Murray of the State Murray State Racers. Racers. What are you talking about? Murray State Racers, the song. How did I embarrass you? You embarrassed, and you know how. Anyway, uh, they approached me to do the ten thousand dollar full court putt. Uh, and I turned it down. Am I stupid? Am I dumb? Yes. Why would you say no? Because I knew that I would embarrass myself. But embarrass yourself but by missing or by celebrating a $50,000 putt being sank? Okay, it was $10,000. So unless I hit it five times, and I doubt, they would, I doubt they would let me keep doing it. And by the way, I, I thought even if I do hit it, I'll just be dooming the next generation of people. People forget after one guy hit the $10,000 half-court shot at Rupp, they bring out people that don't have a prayer of making it. Well, th- that was because they learned their lesson last season. Last season, they had three consecutive games yeah. where someone hit it, and then they brought out like... Have you seen who they bring uh, out now? They've They've got to bring them down the wheelchair ramp. I mean, it's it's not. They don't have a shot of making it. By the way, I know we're getting we're not even talking about Kentucky basketball anymore. But I did find the meme, and yes, it does have sound. And I'm going to hold it up to my microphone. That I'm not going to play the whole video. It's two minutes and twenty seconds of Jay Billis eating Rupparina ice cream. Ten hour long compilation ASMR. Um, I don't know if this. I don't. I don't think this is the actual sound of him. 
but it just just i want everyone if you're listening to this podcast unless you're driving close your eyes uh really take in these sounds they're they're so wonderful can't really hear anything. well we can't hear anything but send me the video and Dang. i'll edit it in <laughs> i will send you the video we can edit <laughs> if i don't remember to edit it in this is just gonna be a very awkward bit <laughs> shout out valentine's day shout out valentine's day speaking of valentine's day in the oh, snack birds I... cam did you see the people that uh like after the dude proposed like said they should put him on the snack words cam and show him like taking off the <laughs> ring <of> her finger? <laughs> that was a good tweet that would be awesome. It would. <laughs> uh, speaking, also speaking of Valentine's Day, Bradley, this is a uh, food review for you. Um, but you're going to have to review the food after not eating it just based off the description. This is okay. something that my wife got for me for Valentine's Day. It is a heart-shaped box of Kraft mac and cheese gummy candy. No, I'm I'm out on the mac and cheese gummies. They're just orange flavored. If I wanted, have you had orange, them before? Yes, I have. I haven't had the Valentine's one, but I've had the mac and cheese gummies. They're just orange flavored. If I wanted an orange flavored gummy, I'd eat an orange flavored gummy. I mean, what are we doing here? This is just another example of corporate greed in America. <laughs> what are we doing? How are we going to stand up to this corporate greed? We can't keep letting them get away with this. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the macaroni is the exact same as the Krabby Patty buns and the gummies. I guarantee you it's the exact same stuff, just cut into a different shape. What are we doing to stop this? Wake up, America! Does he get any bonus points? For it coming in a heart-shaped box for Valentine's Day? I think I should get bonus points. Uh, I also think that we should put a billboard outside of the Kraft headquarters <laughs> telling them to, like, have Wait, some shame. Which one's, Kelly or Macaroni? <laughs> well, then, yeah, well, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Don't you guys think it's kind of cool that, like, putting up a billboard is just the new, like, Kentucky... Like a way of saying like Kentucky fans just get what they want. It's like, do, do you see the? It was the legendary who who it was at Chester on the KSR call. Where it's like yes, we need to yes. go put up a billboard that says I stand with Cal. Like that is kind of what people do. Like when they really want something, that it's like, oh, we, we'll put up a billboard. Like we kind of like started that. You know, like it's kind of cool. Does it get annoying to y'all whenever everybody's like, we should put up a billboard to win a game? that sucks <laughs> yeah some people are using it for like we should do it to like show support for the which is the whole point of why we did it yeah. so we're like we should put up a billboard outside of the craft practice facility to say two three zone and press it's like <laughs> okay relax <laughs> although we did see press and a two three zone very recently so we didn't even need a billboard guys we not, just need to talk about press. it on the pod yeah well we need to talk about the podcast because we know that Calipari and all of the players and all the coaches are friends of the program. So thank you all for listening. Okay. I think those people would get the same level of hate as we did just by like, what if, What are you going to do with the extra money? What if the billboard goes up and Cal's already playing a zone? Is the billboard still going up? Do I get my money back? What happens then? I'll believe it when I see it. 
I'm not going <laughs> to donate. Then don't. It's like not oh, my man. billboard. Do I get to pick what goes on the billboard? It's like people took it so personally. Like we're representing the entire, like representing them. It's like no, if you don't give money, it doesn't matter. You're fine. <laughs> What a time. Oh. Remember that time we put up a freaking billboard outside of the NCAA headquarters? And the guy who actually did it isn't even here, so we could take full credit right now. Yeah, yeah it was team just effort. Us. Team effort. <laughs> All uh, us. Uh, we want to talk uh, about... Can, can I talk uh, about the press real quick and just a pet peeve that I have? Oh, please, go for press it. press in general? A press does no good. Absolutely no good. If you're just going to let one of the other guys run down and come get the ball. That's what we did consistently. We pressed two guys down, and then they just had somebody come from the middle and come get the ball. I mean, consistently we did that. I think the that goal defeats of the press... The, that defeats the purpose of a press. I think the purpose of their press was more to make it a 20-second half-court possession instead of a 30-second half-court possession. I think the purpose of the press was just to be like, hey, guys, let's just lock in a little bit sooner. Like, if I make you pick up the ball from the very start, maybe you're less likely to get lost out of it later in the possession. Or just to show that, like, we're trying to do things different. We're trying to be aggressive. So um, I'm kind of with worked. you. But I don't I don't know if there's some huge strategic goal with it. I wouldn't know. But, yeah, if you're just going to have a just... third person run up and take it up the court, it didn't seem like it was doing too much. But it just, did work. They scored like just, 62 points. We have to talk about how good this defense was. Just generally speaking, you know, <laughs> that's not really press, but I, I get it. It was good effort, kind of. But yeah, yeah it was the defense. We held, we held Ole Miss to 29 points in the first half, 63 points for the game. That is a huge W, in my opinion. Sorry, WT, what were you saying? You want to get something else? Yeah, statistically, it was our best defensive performance of the season. Um, and that is using uh, Bart Torvik, friend of the program. Uh, I don't even actually know. I really like his website because uh, one thing you could do on his website is organize the games, individual games for a season based on adjusted defense, adjusted offense, game score, a bunch of other stats. Uh, and if you look at adjusted defense, which is defensive efficiency weighted based on uh, uh, opponent difficulty, that was our best performance of the season, which is not like that is something we should celebrate. Now, we also had our worst performance of the season three games ago against Tennessee, but that also shows the rapid improvement and the rapid focus we've had on defense. Um, Ole Miss is not a bad team. They're actually a pretty decent team offensively, and we it we made it very difficult for them, and a lot of their points they got were off of stupid turnovers. So imagine if we were our normal turnover team, which is like top five in the country in turnovers per game, they're scoring less than 60. He's like easily less than 60. They also had, had, That was a really good performance. They also had 12 offensive rebounds. I don't know how many of those converted to second chance points, but yeah, you clean up the turnovers, you clean up the offensive rebounds. That's what really pissed me off in the Gonzaga game. It's like, yes, I get we could not stop them, I want to say it was 28 points we gave them between fast break off of turnovers and second chance points. Like, think about it. We needed Gonzaga to score, what, two less points coming down to that last possession, and we would have been fine. Um, and we gave them 28 free ones. When you're that bad defensively, 
Do not give the other team fast break layup, layups off of stupid turnovers. And when they do finally miss, do not give them second, third, and fourth chances. It's so upsetting. Um, but yeah, our defense was a lot better. And I saw way too many people being like, well, they had open threes. They just missed them. Well, when we were contesting them and they were hitting like people that are like 15% like career three-point shooters, like start off the game five of five. Like then was it, oh, they were just making it. No, it was, no, our defense is bad. Like you have to stay somewhat consistent with it. The other thing, it's like, well, they were just missing shots. That's what happens when seven foot two, you got on Yenzo sticks up his arms and swats the ball. The shots don't go in. We had 12 blocks. How many shots did they attempt? Let's see. Like 64 um, or something like that. 64. So 60, if it's just under 20% of the shots they, that they took were blocked. That's what happens. They don't go in when you block 20% of their shots. Did you expect them just to fall? Do you think it was just a bad shooting light? No. Ugo is huge, and he smacked it out of the air. Ball doesn't go in when that happens. You also look at the uh, players that we did allow those open threes. For the most part, it was the players you want shooting open threes. Mm-hmm. Um, they did have a couple guys who are typically good three-point shooters that we did get away with a couple. But you get what, you get away with a couple all the time. Do you know how many... Uh, times Ole Miss got away with Antonio Reeves having a wide open three. He doesn't miss those. He airballed two of them. That's Ole Miss getting lucky. We got lucky on a couple possessions too. But for the most part, we were really strong on the scout and the players that shot threes were typically players that we want to shoot threes. And we made them drive the ball towards our seven foot one center with massive hands and a blocking like blocking proficiency so we play that was our best if it's a performance of the season by far and it's not just because we got lucky i agree do we want to talk about uh auburn do we want to talk about uh listeners questions what are we feeling uh let's let's do listener questions and then we can do auburn I think there are going to be some Auburn listener questions, uh, so we might get the double dip in this oh, conversation a little both. bit. I do have a listener question that's not actually a reply to the tweet, uh, and it's not actually a listener question. I just wanted to say thank you to the people who liked and retweeted uh, my fake album uh, for or CD uh, for Valentine's Day. Um, it never bangs like I want it to. Uh, but I always have a lot of fun putting it together. Uh, so I think it got like 15 likes or something like that. But I, so it's my passion. Pun? It's my passion project. And I appreciate the support. So Q, are you going ahead and uh, preparing a pun for uh, head coach Mark Pope next year? Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I guarantee you, I'm not. If if Mark Pope is the head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats at this time next year, I may not be among you. <laughs> Love Mark Pope, um, friend of the program. Getting into listeners' questions, here's an Auburn-related one from Baseline Out-of-Bound Defense. He says, how deep will roster go for Auburn game? Um, so I don't think Trey's going to play, and I don't think we see Joey Hart. 
Um, I also do not think Zvonimir plays. I just don't think that he's physically ready for that game. I mean, this is going to be a dogfight. Um, and I just, I, I just don't think that he is meant for that game. I think we might see Jordan Burks. I think we might. Um, just because we need a little bit of depth at that four spot with Trey being out. Um, but yeah, maybe even not Jordan. So I'd say eight to nine deep. I think it would be the eight that we kind of expected. Also, uh, both WT and I had tweets on this, and I didn't realize how much I was copying his tweet until he sent it to me. Um, but our our eight-person rotation is, I think, starting DJ... Reed, Antonio, Adu, and Trey, having Rob be your sixth man and have Justin and Ugo off the bench. So I would probably stick with that same eight, but I would probably flop uh, Ugo with Trey um, and start Ugo because obviously Trey is going to be hurt and then have Aaron kind of be that eighth man off the bench. That's kind of the eight that I would go with. And maybe, maybe Jordan Burks. thing about Auburn is they go 10 deep every single game mm-hmm. uh, and they haven't had really any injuries all season which is wild if like we freaking can cut the blue coat society suspending doug has created a world where we have not had a single game where the entire roster is available for all 40 minutes ever since blue coat doug got suspended for flipping the bird which we've all done he we we haven't had a healthy uh, roster since so um, fix that get him back in the E zone because we need him. Um, anyway, Auburn plays ten deep, which uh, is a huge advantage, especially at home with the high energy, the way that they just go at you on offense and defense. Um, so I think we're gonna need to play Jordan Burks. We're gonna have to go nine deep. Um, I'm not saying Jordan gets like twelve, thirteen minutes but he's going to need to carry his weight uh, to give um, our other fours. Like Aaron can't play 30 minutes at the four. Yeah. So we, we re- we're really going to need some help. The more I think about it, the more I think Burks is absolutely going to play. We're going to go nine deep, maybe even 10 deep. I don't know. Someone's going to get in foul trouble. I, I've never been more certain of someone getting in foul trouble at Auburn Arena. It's just <laughs> going to happen. Auburn. <laughs> oh, man. They're already camping out for the game. It's going to be a wild one. Good for them. People like make fun of them. It's like, oh, you're Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, you're literally like waiting three days just to watch Kentucky play basketball. Like you wouldn't do that for any other team. But like good for them. Like it's going to be an elite environment. And like I applaud them. Like they're doing what they can. Like I wish Kentucky did stuff like that. Um, Like we might. I don't know. Like Auburn's not a better team than us. But how many games have they like lose at home? I feel like. I saw something like in the past three years, they lost two games. They haven't even lost one this year. It's like they've yeah. been elite yeah, either. Like they've been fine. They, they just don't have, lose at home. They have played three ranked teams at home this season. They have won by like an average of 35 points. Yeah, didn't they just beat South Carolina by 40? And they were like, South Carolina yeah. was like top 12 in the country and they were yeah. number one in the SEC. It, they whooped them. Yeah. Yeah. They shot like sixty percent from three, sixty percent from the field. It was it was wild. It was it was definitely not the uh, result anyone expected. That is not to say that Kentucky can't win. It's going to be very tough. So if Kentucky, Kentucky does Kentucky. want to win, 
Kentucky Core asks three things that need to go right for a cat's dub. Let's all each choose one. Bradley, what do you think? I think that we need to place a Thiero on Janai Broom. Uh, Adu is our most physical player, and Janai Broom is their most physical player. Um, I think we've seen so far that really none of our bigs can handle physicality. Uh, Ugo, when he wants to, uh, but really for uh, Bradshaw and Z, physicality, they don't do well with that. So I think we need to have uh, Adu there on Janai Broom. And Adu might just be our best defender that we have on the roster, period. Uh, so our best defender on their best player, I think that is one thing that we need to do to win. I have two things in mind. So WT, I hope you take one of them here. Okay. Um, if I don't, feel free to say two. Um, I am a little bit of a box score merchant. I watched a little bit of Auburn, but I, I really enjoy looking at Ken Palm's stuff. Um, if you go through Ken Palm, uh, you'll see that Auburn is very good at most things. They're ranked pretty high in most categories, but they are significantly low in two major categories. Those are both defensive categories. Uh, number one, they are 206th in the nation in giving up offensive rebounds. So we need to crash the glass. Our guards need to rebound. We need, we need to really take advantage of that weakness of theirs. And they're 301st in free throw attempt rate. That thir- they, they're third. Oh, sorry. Let me get this stat right. They, oh my goodness. This is embarrassing. Uh, I believe free throw attempt rate is like for every hundred field goal attempts. How many free throws do you attempt? Uh, they're at like 38 on defense. Okay. This is an Adu Thiero game. Adu Thiero set records last year with his free throw rate, getting to the line consistently. If he can attack on the dribble and get to the line and put Johnny Broom, put um, Jalen Williams in foul trouble, I think we got a shot. So we go to the rim, get fouled. That'll set the tone for us the game. Well, since you took two, I'll take two. Um, One of them I agree with, it's rebounding. We don't need to win the rebounding battle, I think, in order to win, but we at least need to be close. Like, we cannot, like, if we're giving Auburn eight extra possessions at home, they're just going to win. You can't do that. You got to do your best to rebound. Ugo, Aaron, Adu, like, you have to step up. It's going to be the most physical game you've played in all year. We have not done well with physicality. You got to step up. My other thing, though, is... Reed, Reeves, and um, Rob. So someone also asked, um, let's see, I want to shout them out. Stoop season, he says, how many threes will Shepard and Dilly need to beat Auburn? I think we need to hit like nine to ten as a team. And I think Reed, Rob, and Antonio each need to have three each. And remember um, a few episodes ago, we talked about how Reed was exclusively shooting threes. And I wanted to see him balance his game a little bit more. I feel like Antonio has almost done the opposite. I feel like he's been trying to take his guy off the dribble more and rather get to the free throw line, maybe get to that floater spot, which is good. 
but he's also like one of the best shooters we've like ever had in the Cal era. Like I still want him shooting like six, seven, maybe even eight threes a game. Uh, so I would like to see all three of those guys shoot three or make three three pointers. I think if we do that, we'll stay in the game and we got a rebound. Well, since you guys took two, I'll take two too. All uh, right. Another good strategy is force KD Johnson onto Rob Dillingham. Um, KD Johnson is bad at basketball, and Rob Dillingham is very good at basketball. Let Rob drop 40 on him, and that will be great, and I will love it, and that will be amazing. You remember that time KD Johnson went 0 for 18? <laughs> <laughs> remember that that... <laughs> Was that when we beat them like by 30 last year, or is that a different game? Uh, I think it was a different game us. altogether. Uh, it oh, might it was have been against us. Georgia because that in that 21 22 season, I think they were number one for a bit and oh, maybe lost, maybe lost to Georgia at home. That might have been one of their home losses, or maybe it was Georgia on the road. But yeah, he shot them out of that game. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Auburn doesn't lose at home. You know where they also don't lose? The second weekend of the NCAA tournament because they don't make it there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, a second question from Baseline Out of Bounds Defense. Um, he says, does Matt Sack R2NG get honorary front row student section for the La Familia alumni game? So, yeah, since we're bringing back all of our old favorite players, can our old favorite student section member come back? Not if we want to win. I just think we we uh, play it safe and just put me somewhere else in the arena because I will be there, by the way. You like I, this is so cool. Like I tried explaining to my girlfriend like what it means like. It looked like Duran Lamb was like rumored to come back. I can't like express how happy it's gonna make me just to watch him play in Rupp Arena again, or Marcus Teague, or Eric Bledsoe, even Reed Travis. Like I think these were a lot of the guys that were like rumored um, to be playing. Um, Daniel Hager was like finding it. So who was it? It was Eric Bledsoe who put out like the original post, and there were a bunch of like players commenting like, "Let's get after it. Let's go. Like yeah, let's like." kind of implying that they're also on the team. And I think Duran Lamb, Reed Travis, and who else did I say? Cliff Hagen. Not Cliff Hagen. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, <that's all. laughs> I don't know. Whatever the roster is going to be, like, it, it's such a cool event. If you have not heard of the basketball tournament, it is a 64-team tournament. The winning team of the tournament gets like what two million dollars? Is that right? Or is there's one million? I thought it was one, unless it's got upped recently. I know it it started as one million. I'm looking it up right now, but they get a huge prize. Um, looks like one million dollars. Um, and the second place team gets zero dollars, which is crazy. That's a, that's such an awesome way of like putting together a tournament. Um, a lot of the teams donate winnings if they end up winning to like a uh, charity or something like that, which is great. Um, but it's a really cool idea 
uh, to put it together. They use the Elam ending, which is, I think, an awesome way to end a basketball game. There's no overtime. There's no fouling with like 10 seconds left. It's great. Um, so, so is the Elam ending where like they get to a certain point and it's just like you, it's like 10 points from like the winner teams, like whatever team is winning, add 10 points to their score or whatever amount of points. And like the first team to get to that amount just automatically wins. Yeah, it once you get to like the first whistle under like the four minute timeout, they add a certain number to the winning team score. I think it's like twenty, and then you race to that number. So yeah, that so like means... you can't you can't foul to stop the clock. Like the clock doesn't yeah. matter. You don't want to give the other team free throws. So like whoever hits that first wins. Right. The only way like you might see one team foul, and it's like if you're down, like if that team, if you need like one or two points to win. And the other team needs three. And yeah. you don't want them to hit a three, you might foul. Which fouling up three. Not if you're Coach Cal. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, that might be the only time you see it, but that's only one possession. Like it, it's a really cool um, strategy and really cool idea for basketball. So buy your tickets and you might see some fun stuff come up. Yeah. I mean, they announced or someone said today, I think it was the La Familia Twitter account said the record is like from the Wichita team, like having 7,000, like that was their attendance. They had 7,000 people. I mean, we're hosting like the Rupp arena regional. Like if we don't double that, even triple that, if we can't put 20,000 people in the seats to watch Eric Bledsoe and Deron lamb come back and just wreck shit. I mean, like what if like, I don't think we're going to get Boogie or John Wall, but what if one of them came back? Like, who else is, like, out of the league right now that, like, could still want to play basketball? That would Give just... me Derek Willis right now. Fly him in from Germany. I need him back. <laughs> he would dominate, too. He would be insane. Bradley, you can add anyone. Who are you adding? Um, DeAndre Liggins. Liggins would good. be fun. Um, I, I thought you would want to add two someones. Little yeah, the Harrison twins. Uh, <laughs> that that was my reply to the tweet. The Harrison twins, I think, would be so much fun. Uh, they got a lot of unnecessary hate during their time at Kentucky. We need to bring wow. them back and give them their flowers. To, you imagine Aaron that's, Harris? That's why the hate is unnecessary. They took us to two <laughs> Final Fours. They did get. They, they did get a lot zero of hate. They did get a lot of crap. I won't lie. Um, but Aaron Harrison, I need him in the Elam ending. I need it. <laughs> this is the part where he always need, hits it. We need three points, and we're up by 25. Just every possession, we give it to him on the left wing, and just hope he makes it just for the meme. That'd be Beyond wild. belief. Uh, I did a little bit of research uh, based off a name that we uh, previously mentioned, uh, Cliff Hagen. I was afraid that he might have been no longer with us. Uh, but he is. Uh, would you all like to guess how old Cliff Hagen is? 70. Uh, 92. Bang! Which WT. One? Wow. 92 years of age. Look at living that. Living in Owensboro, Kentucky. Shout out hey. Cliff Hagen. Go Kentucky Wesleyan. Go Panthers. Bang! <laughs> I would love to see um, Jody Meeks come back. How old is Jody? Is he also 92? 
He, I mean, he's got to be pushing 40. You know, just like you, you see like old hoopers just like go play pickup and they're just like still straight given buckets. I figured that would be him. He's 36. Like he, he's one year older than DeAndre Liggins. <laughs> really? Wow. He's like five <laughs> years younger than LeBron. He's fine. That's crazy. Um, does Dirk count on this team? Can we put who we get T Mac? <laughs> T Mac can still give everybody buckets. That's what I'm saying. What about Ramel Bradley? What about Sheldon oh, Sharp? <laughs> no, this is former <laughs> Kentucky players. Send that bum to Shanghai. It's actually doing really well in the NBA, so I don't care. Uh, he, you see that he's sitting out of the Rising Stars contest. Anything oh, that he can do to keep from playing basketball. What a bum. Did he have a s- what a specific bum. quote where he said, like, any t- any chance I have at playing <laughs> basketball, I'm going to take it. Yeah, it or was about the lines. summer league. It was about the summer yeah. league, and then he didn't even play in the summer league. He sat out of that after yeah. having that well, quote. Well, no, he, he, like, had an ankle injury, like, one <laughs> minute in. The summer league. I think that's our lie detectors determined that was a lie. (laughs) Oh, Oh, uh, I don't know how we haven't mentioned this guy yet. Who you know, I've got something to tell you, Sack, and I hope you know this one because right now, y'all about to get lucky. The real T Jones about to teach you about Kentucky, gotta have a Terrence Jones appearance at least. I can't Terrence believe he's Jones not still in the NBA. Would whoop. He could, like, I don't know how he didn't become, like, a perennial all-star. They, they told that story. Uh, did you all hear that Marcus Teague Oh, uh, I've, I've got I've got the perfect explanation for this. It was all the Houston Rockets' fault. It's all Kevin McHale's fault. Could be. Screw you, Kevin McHale. But Terrence Jones was cooking multiple NBA like stars before the his uh, sophomore season began. Like the fact that he didn't dominate the NBA is a crime against humanity. So if he can come in and dominate the basketball tournament, that would be a sight for sore eyes. He got woken up from a nap and then just like casually gets up and just starts dropping buckets on Josh Smith in 2012. <laughs> That's absurd. Prime Josh Smith. That's absurd. Um, another Imagine listener an question. I'm sorry. Imagine being an NBA All Star and calling out a college sophomore in his dorm, be like, "I'm here for Terrence Jones," and then still getting cooked. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting in his car outside Wildcat Lodge. <laughs> I can't wait for Terrence to come out here. <laughs> Bradley, uh, a listener question that I assume is directed towards you. Uh, Kentucky Spider-Man, I think his new account, because his first one got banned. Um, so everyone go follow at Kentucky underscore Spida. S-P-I-D-A. He says, where do you get Billy Richmond's dad's wings? Uh, Wing Guru in Memphis. Uh, I think they have two or three different locations. Uh, They were superb. Um, I got Lemon Pepper Hot, uh, and they were extremely good. Uh, I asked for Mr. Richmond, and they said he was not there. It's upsetting. Yeah. Well, 
his son will be a cat soon, so we'll see him soon enough. Um, very last tell, listener question. Tell him to bring some wings to Lexington. That'd be a good time. <laughs> uh, last listener question. Friend of the program, Eli Cox, says, percent chance we beat Auburn. Bradley, let's start with you. Do we beat Auburn? What score do you predict? And who is our MVP? I'm telling you right now. And I guess you give the percent chance we beat if you want to. Oh, I had every intention of it. I'm telling you right now, the day that I don't predict a 100% chance of a Kentucky basketball win is the day that I am dead. We are going in and we are going to whoop some tail. Bruce Pearl ain't got nothing on us. We can host recruits in home for a meal and you can't. Ha ha ha. Suck it, Bruce Pearl. Give me the Cats, 98 to Auburn, 63. We we keep the 63-point streak going. And uh, your MVP will be one. Uh, you know, I, I said he was going to drop a bunch, a bunch of points. Give me Rob Dillingham. Do you remember... Do you remember last year when we played Auburn? You predicted like a 25-point win, and everyone was like, oh, I want what yeah. Bradley's having. And then that yeah. wound up not even being enough. And, and then like we beat him by 35. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't even watch it because I was on an airplane. All right, WT, keep us rolling. Uh, I have bad news. I don't know if I can do it. Don't you do Ooh. it. Here... Fairweather fan, kick him off. I know it doesn't change the outcome of the game whatsoever, what I predict, and it's absolutely free for me to pick us to win. It's just, it, this is the one of the best home environments in college basketball. We, I mean, teams, you don't go into a ranked team's arena and win very often. That being said, I'm picking the Cats, yeah. 95 to 94 hey we beat johnny broom and katie johnson katie johnson uh gets a throat injury from screaming so much and can't play the rest of the game uh yeah and adutheros are mvp go cats i am going to say that we have less than a 50 percent chance to beat Auburn. I'm going to say 35 to 40% chance that we beat Auburn. Um, which means about three out of four, three or four times out of 10. I think we beat Auburn in this game, but luckily we only need one. And that will be on Saturday when Kentucky wins 85 to 80, and Reed Shepard is your MVP. Go Cats. Wow, I, we did it. I, It would be such a good win, and I don't ever want to be in a spot where, like, as a Kentucky fan, where I'm just like, oh, you know, if, like, we don't win, then it's fine. We weren't expecting to, and if we win, yay, but, like, bonus. Like, no, that's, like, what Auburn does to us. Like, we're – we're the the gold standard, and Auburn is the one that makes everything their Super Bowl every time we play them. 
But if we win, that really does turn the season around. I mean, you don't completely forget those three losses at home that we just did. But when you beat Ole Miss the way that you did, and then you beat a top 10 Auburn team in their arena where they do not lose, that definitely gets a lot of people back on board. 100% agree. This is a huge opportunity. Go Cats. Well, go Cats. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Until then, keep supporting our team. Get behind them. And let's bring home a huge W. Back to Lexington this weekend. Go Cats. Free down in Corbin.